The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Awesome. How's it going? Cool. I'm excited to get into this. Uh, As always, I'm just grateful for the opportunities to be able to to get up and to share and to kind of just, you know, share with you what God's been showing me through his word and through some life experiences and and just, you know, with the hope and the prayer that it's impactful, that it's meaningful, that that it helps you in, in your journey and the people in your lives with their journey and coming to know the Lord and kind of finding purpose and finding, uh, you know, the reason for being here. And that is pretty much what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, The title of this is Created for Good Works. And we're going to be uh, working off of Ephesians 2.10. So we're going to jump right into it. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, back when we lived in Oregon, we had a, a little, you know, rinky-dink duplex, like 800-square-foot duplex, and we had a wood stove in there, and it's how we heated our house. And it was, I loved this thing. It was such a cool little thing. It just heated up so well. And so what we would do is every about September, October, November, is we'd go up into the mountains, and we'd go cut firewood. And it was fun. We'd get our trucks, we'd get our chainsaws, and we'd go up there, and we'd, we'd drop trees, and we'd just gather as much firewood as we could, and we'd take it back and burn it. Well, as we went up the mountain in our pickup trucks, right, they were empty, and we're going up these windy mountain roads that are bumpy and skittery, right, and they have all these divots and ruts in them from just rain and snow, and as we're going up with an empty truck, if you go too fast driving up these mountain hills without anything in the back with an empty bed, the tailgate, everything starts to slide and slip and get all, all over the place, starts fishtailing with the risk of almost, you know, if you go too fast, you could just go off the edge. And so when we'd go up there, that's what we would experience, you know, the truck just bouncing all over the place. Well, when we would go and cut two, three, four cords of firewood and we'd put it in the truck and we would drive down the mountain, guess what didn't happen? It didn't skitter all over the place. It stayed forward, it stayed forward. It didn't, it didn't bounce all over the place. And, and that's really an illustration of, of how we are created as humans and as Christians. You know, we really are created to bear a load, to take responsibility, to, to carry, to shoulder something, and to serve and to be, um, you know, active in our walk and active in our faith. Because like it says here, we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, not to watch good works, but to go and to do good works. That's what we're created for. And you can even take it back even into uh, the book of Genesis, Right? Where you go back and when God first created mankind, humanity, he says to go fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it. And that subduing and having dominion, that's working, that's doing, that's participating in the ongoing process of creation. And we were, we were called to do that. Now, the, the bad part is that sin entered in, and instead of having dominion, and that idea of dominion, what that means is to have rulership, is to have controls, to, ha- to be sovereign over something, to have dominion. And instead of having dominion, we forfeited that. And now what we see humanity do is to try to dominate the world because we're scared, because we've been hurt. And so instead of having dominion and ruling, we're, we're dominating. And, and out of that is just a, a whole legacy in all of our lives and humanity's lives of 
brokenness, of, of people getting hurt, trying to take, trying to protect ourselves, trying to make ourselves feel safe at any cost. And now here's the good news, right? Here's the good news is that Jesus came and he died for our sin. He came and made a way for us to not have to be victims and villains of sin anymore. He is the one who has empowered us to be able to do these good works that we're created in Christ Jesus to do. And so the couple of things happen when we start to step out in our faith. We begin to, to live how we're created to live, which is to do good works, which is to be involved in the lives of people around us and to serve and to, and to see what God has inside of us to offer to other people. And a couple of things can happen as we do that, right? So when we would go cut the firewood, uh, you know, there, there was one time where my buddy's truck was filled with, uh, with like two cords and his, I think one in his bed, and he had a trailer with uh, like two cords in that. So he had three cords of firewood. And maybe that doesn't make sense. That's a lot of firewood. That's, that's heavy amount of firewood. And he's bombing down, we're, we're, we're done with the day, and he's bombing down the mountain hills, you know, getting back, smooth as a smooth sailing, right, because he's got that load. Well, what happens is because he's going too fast, he's going too quick in the process, is his brakes actually start to give out, and they start smoking. And so he had to find a way to just to quickly shift down, get it down to stop to let his brakes cool off. And so as we start to take on a load as we start to walk out how we're created uh, to walk out and to live, which is to do good works, to be involved in people's lives, there, there's, there's a warning there to not go too fast, to not try to rush it, to not try to make something happen because I'm called and I'm set apart and I'm going to go and do this thing, to just, just go slow. You know what I mean? It's enough to put the load on your shoulders. It's enough to say, hey, I'm going I'm to step into something that makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to step out and start serving and loving on people. That's, a, that's hard enough, so don't go too fast. The other thing that happened to me is um, there was one time where I went up, and I had just gotten like this uh, Chevy S10. It was 1983 Chevy S10, and that's a micro truck, by the way. It's like the first generation of Chevy's micro trucks. And I'm like, man, I got a pickup truck. I'm going to go and cut some firewood. And so I load this thing up as much as I could. It's not even like half a cord. It's maybe a third of a cord of firewood. So like it's nothing, but, and I'm just fired up. I've got my little, my little um, 024 steel chainsaw, and I'm just up there feeling like a lumberjack, man. It was awesome. <laughs> It was so cool. Well, as I'm, I'm driving back down, you know, Reed Market to get to my house, um, I get home and I notice that, like, my truck's starting to wobble big time. And I go out and I look, and the entire tire is blown out. And thank God that it didn't blow out, you know, and spill firewood all over the road, but it had blown out completely. And the lesson in that is that when we begin to step out, and to follow through with how we're created to serve and to, to be involved in people's lives, the lesson of that is to not try to take on too much at once. To not overwhelm yourself with, oh my gosh, if I'm going to serve, I have to do this, that, and this. I have to figure this out. I have to read this. I have to study that. I have to do all of these things. I have to get my health, my finances, my, you know, all the, the wheel that we've been doing. I have to get all of those things in order. Just, just chill out, right? Just, just don't take on too much that you, more than you need to as you begin to do that. Because I will say that anybody who, who, who takes that risk, who has the courage to step out, to serve, to be involved in some way, to get involved with people's lives, man, that, that's, that's a big step. A lot of people avoid that. Why? Because we've all been dominated by sin. These different things have happened where we have a hard time trusting and wanting to get involved. It's just easier to not, Right? But God is coming to give us the ability, to give us the power, the opportunity, really, to get involved with people's lives. And, and so 
what kind of reminds me of too, maybe some of you will uh, relate with this, is um, has anybody ever been like on a ropes course? You know what I'm talking about? Like where you go up high and you're harnessing, you're walking, right? Well, back when I was, uh, when I was younger, uh, not when I was younger, sorry, I saw uh, Freddie over here and I was like, man, he's a stud. No, I'm not younger, I'm, anyways. Uh, but I was working, uh, I was an RA, I was a resident assistant at uh, this house called the Transitional Youth Home and it was in Vancouver, Washington and it was a house for guys coming off the streets it was a house for guys coming out of jail, and some, some of the guys are coming out of the foster system. And it was kind of a place, a junction house, for them to come out of these different avenues and to get equipped. You know, sometimes if they were recovering, we would just say, hey, don't worry about getting a job for like 18 months, man. Just sit. And we'd go through these processes, and we'd help them. And so I was an RA there, resident assistant. I lived on site, and I got to help out and stuff. Well, we took the guys up to Mount Hood um, there in uh, Oregon, and we did this ropes course, and it was super challenging. I don't like heights. And, uh, you know, we have to harness in and walk across all of these ropes and everything. And um, it was a lot of fun. And, of course, these are all, like, hard dudes, right, off the streets, out of jail. And I'm, like, pretty, like, pretty soft little Kyle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, some hardened person. Like, I'm very mushy. And, you know, so I, there was, it was challenging for me to try to, like, be tough with these guys because, honestly, I was a little bit intimidated. But as I got to know them, we built a relationship. It was fine. But we're at the ropes course, and so I have to be tough. I can't be afraid. I can't show weakness, right? I can't be vulnerable around these guys because, man, they're going to chew me up, you know? Uh, that's at least my mindset. And, uh, and so the last, the last event they had us do, terrifying, just terrifying, it was a telephone pole, literally telephone pole. And you harness in, and you're supposed to climb up to the top of the telephone pole and stand on top of it, right? Sounds easy enough. No, it doesn't. It sounds terrifying, and so I, I'm like, I can't chicken out, man. I got to do this. Like, I did not want to do it. And so I climb up. I remember I get to, like, to the top, and I'm, the, the telephone pole is here. And, and the only way to, like, stand on top of it is to get one foot up. There's nothing to grab onto. You're in open air, and to just put one foot and just launch yourself up. And I'm standing there, or not stand, like, at the top of it, looking out at the forest, and I'm just like, man, this is so cool. Like, I'm in the forest. I'm part of the forest. It was a really, you know, magical moment for me. And, and I just did not want to stand up. And so I sat there for a few minutes, and eventually I get up the courage. I put my foot up there. I'm like, I just have to get this over with, right? And so I put my foot up, and I stand. And as soon as I get up, I just scream on the inside. I'm like, oh, there's only one way down. I have to jump. And, and so I'm just like, it's all like flashing in my mind like an explosion. And I hear the tour guide go, okay, Kyle, and I just scream, no, 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 no. He's like, no, no. He's like, Kyle, calm down. And I start shaking. I'm hyperventilating. I'm like, no, no, I'm not jumping, man. And so finally, like, I just kind of scoot onto my butt, and I'm literally shaking. And I grab onto the rope, and I just go, <laughs> and launch out, and they lower me down. And I get to the ground, and I'm sobbing. I'm weeping. Like, I'm hysterical, shaking in front of all these guys. And they're all just like, what is what is happening, man? Like, you're harnessed in, bro. Chill out. And I was hysterical, and I'm shaking and weeping and crying, so I'm not even thinking about being embarrassed. I was just so, like, just shook. Like, what is, like, why? What is going on? And I went off into the forest and found a tree, sat down at the base of the tree, and just really started crying and processing through and asking God, like, why, why am I experiencing this? And God began to speak to me about my need to be in control and to not be vulnerable, to not be weak because of the abuse and the different things I had experienced in the past. And I don't think it was a stretch. I think it was a really awesome moment where God used the stupid telephone pole, right, to show me, 
his ability to be able to heal me and for me to be able to trust him and to be able to step out and to walk out, to take that leap of faith. Maybe for some of you, you're, you're thinking there's something that God is calling you to do. There's something you're passionate about and, and you're standing on the telephone pole and maybe you have, you're, you're ready to jump out, whatever, but maybe you're like me and you're screeching on the inside and just scooting out into it. I promise wherever you're at, if you take that leap of faith, that God is going to show up in your life in a significant way, that there's going to be things that are going to be broken off your life that you have been trying forever to break off. And when you take that leap of faith to say, you know what? Jesus died for me. He's empowered me. He's given me what I need to be able to do the good works I'm created to do, and I'm going to do it. And it's terrifying. It's scary, right? Like my brakes might go out. You know, I might take on too much of the I might blow out my tire. There was one time coming down the mountain, for no reason at all, my buddy's muffler falls off, right? And so that might happen. There's these things that will happen as you do that. But I promise as you do that, God is going to show up and he's going to break things off in your life. And it doesn't just stop there. It's other people are going to be impacted by your courage. They're going to be inspired by the hope that you give them. That somebody who, who maybe not is qualified to do what you're doing and to take that leap of faith, it's going to give them hope. It's going to inspire them. And, and that leads us to the next verse in 1 Corinthians 26 through 30. It says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. And Romans 4.17, I'll have it up there, but Romans 4.17, it says that we're talking about the God who calls things into being that we're not, Amen. right? And so what we're talking about is the difference between what we shouldn't be and what God has made us to be. There's a lot of us in here who we shouldn't be doing the things that we're doing by all rights, by what we've experienced, by just statistically speaking, by what we've done ourselves, the messes that we've made in our own lives, we shouldn't be able to do these things. But because of God, he takes things that shouldn't be and he calls them into something great. He takes us from being lowly and despised and foolish and weak into something that's strong. And it's not because of our own strength. It's because Jesus is our righteousness. He's our redemption, right? He's our holiness that allows us to do this. You know, I think of my, my friend Alma Martin here, right, who uh, she was sharing at community group, and she gave me permission to share this, but she was sharing at community group just some of the shame and the regret that she has, um, how she was a mom when she, back when her kids were younger. And she kind of has carried that over. And, and now she's in this place where her walk with the Lord, where Jesus is breaking some of that stuff off, where her, her adult daughter, who is now a mom, so Alma's now a grandma, how cool is that? Uh, her adult daughter is saying, no, mom, you raised me right. And Alma's like, are you kidding me? Like, maybe she doesn't have a very good memory of what happened. But God is begin, beginning to show Alma what that looks like. And it's even to the point where at her work, in her office, she has her own little office at this medical uh, facility that she works at, and, and the girls that work with her in the office will come into her office for no reason, just come in and sit down and just unload and just share what's going on in their lives, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's kids, and they'll come and they'll, they'll just love, receive the love that Alma has for them, the love that she has as a mother figure, as this person who is safe, as this person who we can come to with whatever is going on. 
And that's, that's, that's what we're talking about, right? So like, you know, maybe Alma shouldn't be doing that, but because of what Jesus is doing, he's rewriting everything. And he does that in all of our lives. You know, like I shouldn't be a great dad. Didn't have a dad. I shouldn't be able to do the things that I do. As a matter of fact, I really shouldn't be up here speaking. Because when I was taking college uh, classes back in Bend, I took public speaking and failed. Twice. <laughs> Not kidding. I took it the first time. I was like, I, I want to learn how to do this. Failed it. I was like, you know what? I got it in me, man. Failed it again. <laughs> public speaking. Failed twice. Here I am, right? So God will do that, though, right? He'll take the things that we don't feel qualified to do because of our shame. And that's really what it comes down to is the shame. It's the shame that prevents us from being able to step out and to take that leap of faith. It's the shame that prevents us from, from, from getting involved with people's lives. I don't have what it takes. I'm not qualified. What I've done, what I've experienced, with the lies that have been spoken over me, nah, man, I cannot do that. And that is a lie. And again, Jesus came to be able to restore that shame, to re, uh, you know, redeem that shame and turn it into something that reflects his glory. And that's an exciting thing that we get to do. So it's not in our strength. It's not in our shame. It's not in our weakness. It's through the power of God that we're able to do this. Like, like that verse says, it's his righteousness, his holiness, and his redemption that allows us to do that. And so um, you look, look over at uh, Romans 1, 11 through 12. So this is kind of the unknown part of what we're talking about. Because, you know, so often in churches, we talk about serving and getting involved and doing these types of things. But in Romans 12, there's, there's a little, uh, little nugget in there that I want to talk about. And it says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. There's a mutual encouragement that takes place when we step out in faith empowered by what Jesus has done in our lives, and we start to impart the spiritual gifts that God has put into us into other people's lives. There's a reciprocal exchange that takes place where we're mutually encouraged. And, 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 and those of you who have done this and are doing this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because yeah, the last and our brakes start to go out sometimes. Sometimes we take on more than we should and we blow out a tire. Sometimes we go too fast and our brakes start to go out. But as we do that, we get to this result where you know, we're able to provide something for people. We're able to have something of value to people to impart to them. And that's an exciting thing. You know? and, and the thing about spiritual gifts, you know, I think in, a lot of times in church culture, and, you know, we, we think of spiritual gifts as like you know, preaching, pastoring, and all these you know, awesome things. Well, you read in James, it says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, right? So whatever the, it is that's inside of you, that makes you come alive, that you just get so fired up for, that's a spiritual gift that God has put in you to be able to impart to other people. You know, and a great example in, in my mind is uh, with Justin Kaczynski. He's our, kind of our, like, our resident mobile mechanic, and, uh, and he is gifted with working with cars. As a matter of fact, that guy's a, he's a mad scientist when it comes to working on cars. I was over at his house one day hanging out uh, just a couple weeks ago, and there was a car that he had, and the, there was a draw on the battery, so the battery was dying, and he was trying to figure out what was causing the draw. And he was explaining to me that that's like a really hard diagnosis to do because there's so many things that it could be, and to try to trace it through the wires to find out where it's at is really challenging. So he opens up the hood, and he has this... I'm not a mechanical wizard like him, I'm not a mad scientist, but he has this device that basically taps the battery and it's supposed to show, you know, you start going through the fuses or whatever. And anyways, he taps on the battery, that device is broken. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're not doing this today. 
Well, no, again, Justin is a mad scientist. He has a spiritual gift of being a mad scientist mechanic, and so he takes that device, and he opens it up. He starts taking it apart. I'm like, oh my gosh, man, this is unreal. And he starts pulling parts out, and I guess there's a fuse in there that had blown. And I was like, okay, well, surely we're done. The fuse is blown. Okay, he opened it up. That's weird. I don't know why. The fuse is blown, so we're done. Again, he is a mad scientist. He has a spiritual gift for this stuff. He grabs a piece of wire and r- starts wrapping it around the fuse. Like, like a, it's just, it was the weirdest thing. Starts wrapping around the fuse like a, a copper wire and puts it in there and puts it back together. And I was like, well, is that going to make it work? And he's like, it'll work. But if it's too much, it'll just catch on fire. <laughs> like, man, and you're fixing my cars? No, I'm joking. Uh, anyway, so he does this thing and it, and it works. And it was so cool to see that. And if you talk to Justin about cars and about auto mechanic stuff, like, he comes alive. It's a gift that God has put inside of him, and he loves it. He gets fired up for it, and the coolest part about that experience at their house wasn't just watching his gifts, um, you know, take place, was the impartation that was also taking place, right? Because little Jack-Jack was there, and his son was there, and he had all his tools out, little plastic, you know, little, little tight tools or whatever, and he's like, Dad, Dad, I want to fix it, and we're like, okay, and so Justin kind of stands back with that just fatherly smile, right? And he starts seeing, you know, Jack, try one tool. He's like, oh, no, it didn't work. I get a different one. <laughs> it's like, they're plastic. You're not doing it. It's so cute. He grabs the next one. He's like, okay, there, fixed it. And then just Justin's smile, man, right? It was so cool to see that impartation of spiritual gifts to his son and the mutual encouragement that took place, right? Because Justin was blessed by that. When he saw his son being able to do what Justin's excited about is he imparted this love and this, uh, this kind of affinity for, for auto mechanic repairs and stuff. And so whatever that gift that's inside of you, don't, don't just look at like what you think you know it is, right? Because like, I think that there's people in here that God is kind of nudging you and calling you, pulling you to do something that completely freaks you out and you feel completely disqualified to do, right? And you're going to step out and you're going to do it. And it's going to be incredible. I think, you know, of our sister Madison here, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go and start a community group. You know what I mean? And by her own own story, her own, you know, three or four years ago, she was not in a very good place. I think two years ago, RV, two years ago, RV? Yeah, I mean, just what God has done in her life is she's continued to step out and to take those leaps of faith, to trust the Holy Spirit working in her life and the power that Jesus has for her to be able to do this. It's been incredible. And another verse we'll look at is, is Jeremiah 18, 2 through 6. And it says, go down to the potter's house. This is God talking to Jeremiah. It says, go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. And that word marred, if you don't know what it means, it means deformed, disshaped. Dis- it's, it's, it doesn't look good. There's something wrong with it. It's, it's, it's flawed. It's a marred piece of clay in his hand. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, Can I not do with you, Israel, which Israel, back in the Old Testament, was God's people. We are God's people. Can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter. So are you in my hand. And when we recognize that God is shaping us and forming us, yeah, we're probably marred. We probably have some flaws. We probably have some things that we've done that maybe might disqualify us from being useful But because of what Jesus is doing and what he's done, we're able to be useful. We're able to have that value. The the gifts that God has put inside of us come alive, and they start to impact other people's lives. You know, and through his people, the nations around are going to be affected. They're going to be impacted, 
right? And that's what happens. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, like sin, but better, <laughs> right? Because we're all affected by sin, right? We're all impacted by it. We, 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 we all have felt the weight of sin, and it, it affects everybody around us when, when we participate in it. And in, in, in the same but better way, when we put ourselves in God's hands, we allow God to shape us, and we step out in that faith, it will have an impact. It will start changing people's lives because it's relational, and so it's inevitable that that is going to happen. And so step out, be courageous, be bold, right? Whatever that is, whatever, you know, you're in your mind, your heart, you're getting excited about or you're afraid of doing, right? Step out and do it. And maybe it's not necessarily at this point in your life, like an activity or something that you're going to serve and do. Maybe there's a decision that you need to make. Maybe there's something that you need to give up. Maybe there's something you need to take on, a habit, a thing that you need to start doing to, to start moving forward, to start putting the logs in the back of the pickup truck, to start getting ready to go and to have something of value to, to offer to people. Whatever that decision is, whatever that's going on, I want you to know that God is powerful, that God is able, that what Jesus has done is more than enough for you, that it's more than enough. His grace is sufficient, right? It's more than enough. So don't shrink back in fear. Don't shrink back and don't look at the past and think, I did this, I did that, I've experienced this, I've experienced that, because God is more powerful than any of those things. God can heal, God can forgive, God can correct, and God can make a crooked path straight. God can take things that are weak, like myself, and despised, like I was my whole life, and turn them into something that reflects his glory. He can do the same for you as well. And so whatever that is that is in front of you, that is uh, an option for you, Get after it, man. And, and so I will say this, uh, kind of in closing. I know we went quick, but that's okay. Um, in closing, uh, we, we can, can we go to the next, uh, the email? Is it not on there? Okay, it's not on there. That's fine. Uh, so there was, there was an email that we sent out, um, and Jenna had mentioned it, but it was a, an email from a mom who, who emailed Pastor Andy about the Father's Day outreach. And she goes on in this email to say, you know, my kids don't have dads. They cry every night and pray for a dad. You know, can, can you guys please uh, help them, you know, play, play soccer and get involved? And so the, the, the point in all of that is that there's opportunities all around, right? And we have that coming up, the Father's Day for the fatherless. That's around the corner. And it's a great opportunity, not just for the men to get involved and to step up and to serve and to help the orphans and the widows, like the Bible says, right? It's, it's also for all of us. Because that mom, she has friends she has aunts, knuckles. There's these people involved in lives where, where they need what we have. They need the hope that you have. They need the impact of your spiritual gifts, the impact of who God created you to be to, to start impacting their lives. And if you just think about the ripple effect and the multiplication that happens as hope starts to bubble up, as you step out and you're relying on God to empower you to do this, like watching somebody who's not able to do it, step out and do it is an incredible thing. We get to do that. So... We're created for good works. Whatever that is that is in your life, step out and do it. Find some help. Start, uh, you know, trusting the, the Lord to see what can happen. So let me pray, and we'll, uh, we'll get out of here super early. God, I thank you so much, Father, for your goodness to us, Lord, that you don't leave us how we were, God, but you make us into something new. God, you're recreating, you're restoring, God, you're redeeming our lives, redeeming the legacies that we have into something that is beautiful, something that reflects your glory, and something that changes lives and rewrites legacies, God. Lord, I pray that we would allow ourselves just to be clay in your hands, God, Lord, and that you would shape us, 
into something useful that, that you want to use that will be uh, impactful to, for us and to the people around us, God. We trust you, and we look forward to seeing how you continue to move in our lives, God. In your name we pray. Amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.